0: WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries.
1: What does this tell us about the character of our king? Tells us that he's interested in us when nobody else is. It tells us that Jesus welcomes us with all of our sins because we, we are spiritual lepers. All of our sins, all of our problems, all of our needs, He is not aloof, He is not distant, He's approachable, He's open-hearted to us, even though, as I said before, because of our sin, we are all moral and spiritual lepers. What a Savior.
2: How wonderful it is to have a God and Savior who is genuinely interested in us, a Lord we can come to no matter what our condition or situation. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today we will be continuing the message Pastor Steve began in our last class. If Jesus is Lord, He is Lord over everything, including disease. Now that amazing fact illustrates an even more amazing spiritual truth. If you can follow in your Bible, please turn to Matthew 8, verse 2.
1: And the first attribute of Jesus that Matthew shows us is that, number one, he is approachable. It's a precious truth. It's a precious passage. He is approachable. We begin with verse 2. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him. Matthew has decided that the best place to begin revealing Christ's kingly authority over disease was by telling us about the time that a leper came to Jesus for healing. And the reason this is the best place to begin is because in the ancient world, leprosy was the most dreaded, the most fearful, the most terrible of all diseases. And most of us don't have a whole lot of knowledge about leprosy. So I want to read to you from the commentary of, of uh, Matthew by Dr. William Hendrickson, what he has to say about leprosy. And he makes it clear in the footnote that after consulting with several renowned, renowned physicians about leprosy, he has some knowledge of it. And here's what he has to say. It's a little bit lengthy, but it will arrest your attention. The disease which we today call leprosy, I might add, it's also called Hansen's disease, but the disease which we today call leprosy generally begins with pain in certain areas of the body. Numbness follows. Soon the skin in such spots loses its original color. It gets to be thick, glossy, and scaly. In fact, the affliction is called leprosy because it makes the skin scaly. The Greek word lepas or lepes meaning scale. As the sickness progresses, the thickened spots become dirty sores and ulcers due to poor blood supply. The skin, especially around the eyes and ears, begins to bunch with deep furrows between the swelling so that the face of the afflicted individual begins to resemble a lion. Fingers drop off or are absorbed. Toes are affected similarly. Eyebrows and and eyelashes drop out. By this time, one can see that the person in this pitiful condition is a leper by a touch of the finger one can also feel it one can even smell it for the leper emits a very unpleasant odor moreover in view of the fact that the disease producing agent frequently also attacks the the larynx the leper's voice acquires a grating quality his throat becomes hoarse and you can now not only feel see and smell the leper but you can hear his rasping voice and if you stay with him for some time you can imagine a peculiar taste in your mouth probably due to the odor All the senses of the well person are engaged in the detection of the leper. And so you can understand just from from that why leprosy was the most feared of all diseases in the ancient world. And in its advanced stage, it just disfigured people and made them, quite frankly, repulsive. There was absolutely no known medical treatment for leprosy that time it was more uh it was more than a disease that just caused the body to to rot away if it was just that it would be horrible but on top of that leprosy had tremendous social implications because this disease was contagious according to leviticus 13 an individual with leprosy was commanded this is what the law said commanded to live alone can live in a in a colony of lepers but he couldn't live and be by those who didn't have this disease so he was to have no social contact with non-lepers wherever he went it was commanded that he would cover his his mouth and cry out unclean unclean wherever he went because that was to warn people to keep away from him could you imagine that always covering your mouth having to cry out with that raspy throat and and grating voice, unclean, unclean. And so this disease carried with a tremendous social stigma, made it different from all other diseases in the ancient world. No one touched a leper. No one wanted to be around lepers. Lepers were forbidden to enter synagogue services and even worship at the temple in Jerusalem. In fact, it wasn't even allowed for a leper to enter the city of Jerusalem, nor could he enter any walled city. So he always had to be outside of, of a city and to make matters worse, instead of demonstrating God's mercy and compassion towards lepers, the Jewish leaders of that day made it worse for them because they were extremely harsh in their treatment of lepers. The rabbis taught that no one was to greet a leper. And in their religious writings, they, they actually made it a, a law, a command, that the Jewish people would stay at least six feet from a leper. And if the wind was blowing in that direction, then it, was, it had to be a minimum of 150 feet away. Listen to the cruelty that comes through the quotes of some of the rabbis. One ancient rabbi said this, and I quote, when I see lepers, I throw stones at them lest they come near me. Another rabbi said, I would not so much as eat an egg that was purchased on a street where a leper had walked. How cruel. The Jewish historian, Josephus, who uh, lived about the time of, of Christ, summarized the official Jewish treatment of lepers when he said lepers were treated as dead men. That's how they were treated, horrible. So no doubt, this leprous man who came to Jesus had experienced all the social degradation and humiliation that accompanied this disease. And you might wonder, well, how advanced was it? Maybe you just, you just started to get leprosy. Maybe it wasn't that bad. No, it was bad because Luke mentions this account too, as well as Mark. And in Luke's gospel account, Luke tells us something that only a physician would think of. Luke was a doctor and Luke is careful to point out that this man was full of leprosy. It's Luke 5, 12. In other words, the disease had run its course. It was, it was in an advanced stage, which means his body was mutilated from head to head to toe. He was rotting away. He had a stinking odor and he was repulsive to look at. And it is in this wretched state that we're told that he came to Jesus and he bowed down. The the word for bowed down is the thought of he worshiped him. It's like kissing the ground. He bowed before Christ in a worshipful manner. Now, Frankly, it's obvious why the man came to Jesus because he had heard that Jesus had healed other people and maybe from a distance standing away, he saw the healings and he wanted to be healed too. That's why he came to Jesus. But I want you to think with me. Beyond his his desire to be healed, this man, this man had to sense a love and and a tenderness in Christ that drew him to the Lord. He knew the Lord was approachable whereby Nobody else was. You see, had this man attempted to approach any other rabbi, he would have seen that rabbi flee from his presence. He would have seen the rabbi grab hold of his outer garments and pull the folds of those garments in as he just ran away, lest his clothing touch the leper and, and become contaminated. That's what he would have seen with anybody else that would have run from this man. In fact, lepers normally didn't approach anybody. In Luke chapter 17, verse 12, we're told of 10 lepers who asked Jesus to heal them. But it's interesting, they didn't even come up to Jesus. At that point, they stood at a distance. But this leper, this man came right up to Christ, bowed right in front of him. And the reason he did this is because he knew that while others were afraid of him, others would reject him, others would humiliate him, he knew that Jesus was different. He knew that Jesus was kind. He knew he was loving. He knew that Jesus wouldn't run from him. He knew that Jesus would not reject him. He knew that Jesus wouldn't be embarrassed by the way he looked and smelled. And Jesus wouldn't be afraid of being contaminated. We'll see, we'll see in a few minutes that Jesus actually touched this man. Physically touched him. He knew that he could approach Jesus without any fear of being treated inhumanely. Would he have been, The way he'd been treated by everybody else. And what does this tell us about the character of our king? Tells us that he's interested in us when nobody else is. It tells us that Jesus welcomes us with all of our sins because we we are spiritual lepers. All of our sins, all of our problems, all of our needs. He is not aloof. He is not distant. He's approachable. He's open-hearted to us, even though, as I said before, because of our sin, we are all moral and spiritual lepers. What a savior. How, how different Christ's character is from the way that the heathen viewed their gods and even the way people today, unbelievers, view God. Remember in Matthew chapter 6, when the Lord is teaching the disciples about prayer, he says in chapter 6, verse 7, when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they'll be heard for their many words. The gods of the heathen were totally uninterested in them. They didn't care about them. Not at all. And so the Gentile heathen thought that, they, that, that their gods had to be hassled and harassed with a barrage of words, just mindless repetition in order to force them because they were so reluctant to grant their worshippers requests. And listen, the only reason that the heathen did that, let me tell you what was behind this. The reason that the heathen viewed their gods this way is because they created these false gods. There are really no gods there. They created these false gods in their own image. In other words... They believed their deities were just like them cold, indifferent, insensitive, calloused to them. That's the way they were, so they figured their gods were just like them, only more powerful. And that's the way many people behave today. They conduct their lives like that. They have no interest in caring about anybody but themselves. But that is not the character of our God. That is not the way he is. Our God is interested in our welfare and doesn't need to be hounded by a volume of of words to get his attention. In fact, he is so concerned about us that Jesus went on in verse eight to say, so do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. God is so interested and so concerned about you, so willing to meet your needs that, that he knows all that you need before you even tell him. In fact, that's why Jesus went on in verse nine to say, Pray then in this way. In other words, because God is so interested in you, he wants you to know how to pray to him. He wants you to know how to approach him. He's not like the heathen deities. He loves you, he's interested, he wants to grant your request. So pray along these lines. And Jesus, being God in human flesh, demonstrated that exact same care and concern that the Father has, so much so that this poor, desperate leper knew that he could approach him without fear of being turned away in horror and disgust. And I want you to know that this incident, this encounter with a man full of leprosy was not an isolated incident in which our, our Lord only demonstrated mercy to him. That's not the way it it was. The gospels reveal that Jesus often took an, an interest and minister to people that no other religious leader would, would even touch, would even be interested, would even care about lepers and demon possessed individuals. There was an adulteress that the Jewish leaders wanted to, to stone that Jesus cared about her. There was an immoral Samaritan woman that, that no Jewish person would even have contact with, let alone have a conversation and minister to her. Gentile soldiers, there were slaves and on and on it goes. Our, our Lord always served the most despised and rejected people of his day. And you can be certain that he will serve and minister to you the same way when no one else cares about you. And we all have that. We all, we all know that there are people who disappoint us. We all know that even, even our closest of friends hurt us at times, or we have expectations, but they don't, they don't meet those. And we wonder, does anybody really care when I'm going through this? Listen, we may be disappointed by people, and we do get disappointed by even dear loved ones, but Christ will never disappoint you. He cares for you and knows about you when nobody else cares and nobody else knows all that's going on in your heart. And that's why he tells us in first Peter five, seven to cast all of our cares. Did you get that? All of our cares upon him for the simple reason that he cares for us. What a, what a wonderful truth. But I think there's another valuable lesson to learn from the way that Jesus received this leprous man. Not only does this, this incident reveal how approachable and how, and how available Christ is to us, but it's also a very valid reminder to all of us to make sure that we're the kind of people that others feel comfortable approaching, that we're the kind of people that others feel they could just walk right up to us and, and share their hearts. We don't want to communicate that um, we're too busy for people. We all lead busy lives, but we don't ever want to communicate and give the impression that I've got more important things to do than than minister to you. That's not the, the spirit of Christ. That's not the way Jesus is. That's not the way he wants us to be. So no matter how busy you are, be, be careful about that. Be careful about that. Just recently, my son-in-law Joe told me about meeting their new pastor. Sarah and Joe have been, looking and searching for a church in the Chicago area and, uh, gone to a, to a church the last few weeks where the pastor is rather, rather well known. And yet, uh, Joe said to me, he said, you know, I I can't believe how easy and approachable this man was to talk to. This man has written many books. He he's very, very well known. And I said, Joe, that's the way men of God are supposed to be. And I, I said to him that if, if, I said, Joe, if you and I live back in the days of Jesus, we would see and, and, and understand how very comfortable it was to just approach him. You wouldn't feel like he was so above us that we couldn't even speak to him. And yet he is so above us, but very approachable. Folks, that's the way we're to be. And I, and I hope that you'll take that to heart. So Matthew tells us that by this leprous man coming and bowing down before Jesus, we just see how approachable our king really is. The exalted king says, come to me. Come to me with all of your, your leprosy. So I hope you'll avail, avail yourself of his approachability. And how do you do that? It means that you honestly pour out your heart to him. It means that, that throughout the day, you, you can bring anything to him. You can share your burdens. You can share every small, minute detail of your life. It means that there is an honesty. He knows everything anyway. But it means that, that you know Even with your struggles with sin, the Christ is interested and he's so willing to help. He does love you and he is interested in your welfare. So the first attribute that Matthew reveals about Jesus is that in demonstrating his kingly authority over disease, he demonstrates too that he's approachable. But the second attribute of Christ that we discover from this story is that not only is he approachable, but he's totally sovereign, sovereign, meaning he's all powerful. Notice how verse two reads out. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. After approaching Jesus, bowing right in front of him, he wasn't six feet away, right in front of him. This man who was filled with leprosy asked the Lord to make him clean, which is, you know, obvious. You'd expect that. But notice how he asked Jesus. He said, if you are willing you can make me clean. What a tremendous statement from Mark's gospel account of the story. We learn that he actually repeated this in the Greek language. It's clear that he repeated this several times. So in that very hoarse voice and raspy voice, he, he would have said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So there's a desperation here. Obviously this man was aware of Christ's ability to heal people. As I said, he probably had observed many others being miraculously healed by the savior, and he wanted to experience Christ's healing power too. But notice that in asking the Lord to heal him, this man acknowledges the Lord's total sovereignty. He's not just thinking about himself. He's thinking about Christ. He recognizes he has absolute authority and power. And he says, Lord, he says, I, I know you can do this. I would like you to heal me. But then he says, I recognize that you might, it might not be your will. If you are willing, you can make me clean. I know you can. I don't know if you're willing. In other words, though he acknowledges Christ has all the sovereign power of the universe at his disposal to heal him. He's willing. This is a tremendous submission of this man's heart to Christ's authority. He is willing to remain a leper, a repulsive, disgusting leper all of his life because there's no other hope. Not in that era outside of Jesus healing him. He's willing to remain a leper all of his life if that's what Jesus wants. Now, first of all, let's consider this man's faith. It is great faith. It is is a, a remarkable faith. He has faith that Christ has the power to heal him. I remind you, leprosy in that era was an incurable disease, and I believe it is still incurable today, though it can be controlled. As I told you, it is today commonly known as Hansen's disease. And I believe, and there are people with, with leprosy in third world countries. I believe it can be controlled, but I do not believe that it can ever be uh, totally cured. And in that era, nobody got over it unless there was a healing like this. In fact, let me show you the attitude that people had in biblical times about anyone being cured of leprosy. You don't need to turn there. If you can find it, good. But Second Kings Chapter Five. It is the famous story of Naaman the leper. So, if you can, you can find that. That'll be good. Second Kings, Chapter Five. Naaman, you are told. Well, let me read it to you, and you'll you'll get it yourself. Now, Naaman, captain of the army of the king of uh, Aram. Aram would be modern day Syria. Was a great man with his master and highly respected. Because of him, the Lord had given victory to to Aram. The man also was a valiant warrior, but he was a leper. Now the Arameans had gone out in in bands and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel, and she and she waited on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, "I wish that my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, then he would cure him of his leprosy." So she tells him about prophet in Israel that. He can get over his leprosy. Naaman went in and told his master saying, thus and thus spoke the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Aram said, go now and I'll send the letter to the king of Israel. He departed and took with him 10 talents of silver and 6,000 shekels of gold and 10 changes of clothes. He brought the letter to the king of Israel saying, and now as this letter comes to you, behold, I have sent Naaman my servant to you that you may cure him of leprosy. Let's stop here. Understand it was not curable. Understand, nobody got over this unless there was a miracle of God. And now the king of Aram of Syria is sending a letter to the king of Israel saying, I expect Naaman to be cured in your lands." Verse 7, when the king of Israel read the letter, notice his response. He tore his clothes and said, am I God to kill and to make alive that this man is sending word to me to cure a man of this leprosy? But consider now and see how he's seeking a quarrel against me. He figured he's asking me to do something that I can't possibly do. So now he has a reason to attack me. What I want you to see is as the king of Israel put curing a leper in the same category as raising someone from the dead, he said, am I God that you kill and raise up somebody? It's that miraculous. I can't do it. He said, so that was the attitude prevailing thought in the ancient world. It was impossible.
2: Do you believe that God can do what we see as impossible? Dr. Louis Barbieri described faith as the disposition that allows the object of your faith to do something for you. Pastor Steve said that does not mean we can expect him to give us everything we want, but we can expect that his response to our requests fits within a perfect plan, about which we really know very little. We're glad that you could be here today with us for Verse by Verse. These daily radio Bible classes are taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor since 1981 at Lakeside, and now we at Verse by Verse Ministries are delighted to bring them to you in radio format. We are a faith-based ministry, supported by the prayers and gifts of our listeners. Here is Pastor Steve to let you know how you can help us keep these broadcasts on the air.
1: I'm Pastor Steve Creelop with a special message about why people like you choose to support verse-by-verse verse with their prayers and financial gifts. It's my hope that you're encouraged in your faith and strengthened spiritually through the teaching you hear on verse-by-verse. Verse. If you've been blessed through verse-by-verse, verse, please consider supporting this ministry with prayer and your financial gifts. You can call 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. Or drop us a line at P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Pastor Steve. That phone number is also the phone number to use if you would like to order a CD or a cassette with the entire message that we have been studying. Again, it's 727-441-1714. You can also learn more about how to support us at our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can click the Support Us link near the top right corner of the page. Also on the website, you can find today's broadcast a link to the archives with literally hundreds of previous classes, and a link to subscribe to our free podcasting service. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. If you examine the miracles recorded in the Bible, you will discover that they all have one thing in common. They are testimonies to God's power and compassion. Jesus wants everyone to know that He is the King, and He can not only heal disease he can transform us from repulsive and doomed spiritual lepers into attractive and healthy children of the King. Pastor Steve will share more about that on our next Verse by Verse.
0: You've been listening to verse by verse sponsored by verse by verse ministries this program was pre-recorded to learn more including how to donate to this ministry visit versebyverseradio.org that's verse by w verse 262 Radio. cp